Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. Grab your cup of coffee or your tea, sit back, and let's chat about what's happening up in the stars above. Happy Friday to everybody. <clears throat> I've been waiting for Friday all week, it seems. Uh, finally, it's here. I kept telling myself that I was like a day ahead. And so all day yesterday, I thought it was Friday. All day Wednesday, I thought it was Thursday. It's just been an odd week for me. So many things going on, and I hope your lives are getting as busy and exciting as mine is at this moment in time. So today, we are going to be taking a look, of course, at the weekend, and it is an interesting weekend, albeit it's not, you know, stressful or particularly over the top in terms of, you know, what's happening. In fact, it was kind of quiet. It sort of resembles the week <laughs> we've had where it you know undercurrents right things that are happening underneath the surface that are popping up to the surface and the weekend seems to be carrying on that same theme with really a couple of key moves of planets for example the moon changing signs later on this afternoon and with the gates and human design changing uh, on sunday uh, or saturday evening for sunday and then we also have a couple of transits that I want to talk about and a, a couple of last thoughts about what the Super Bowl looks like on Sunday. Just fun stuff because I don't care who wins. Uh, I just want to see a good game. I want to see the commercials. Oh, and there's probably something I want to talk about that as well. And uh, anyway, so shall we get started? Uh, so it's good morning to everybody that I'm seeing out there. I see him, Tom and Susie and Christine Buckingham so far, but I can't seem to get scrolling. So I'm sure there are others of you out there. Uh, I want to make two announcements this morning. Maybe I should wait to make those until more people start checking in. So I think I'll, I'll hold on the announcements for just a couple of minutes. Um, let's start with what's going on today, Friday. Uh, right now, the moon is in void of course which means that today is not necessarily a day that we're going to get to uh, finish anything or to, if we're having to start something today, the moon is not quite in a place that supports that. In fact, she has been in the void since uh, midnight 24 West Coast time. So that would have been about 324 AM for those of you on the East Coast. And she will be that way until 328 PM West Coast time. So literally the entire working day for us today is with the moon in the void and that makes it, it kind of difficult for us to, we kind of if we think about it the moon is sort of wobbling right she's not really kind of doing anything she's not going to make any new connections to any planets uh, she's not making a new connection to a new sign until after 3 28 p.m or 6 28 p.m and then that means that anything that we attempt to start today or anything that we attempt to push forward today, we might have some problems with because maybe A, we don't feel like it, right? Uh, my daughter sent this beautiful meme this morning of this big Great Dane dog sitting on a bed and he's like, I don't really feel it. I'm not really feeling it. And he just kind of falls over on the bed. And that's kind of perfect for a Friday morning <laughs> with the moon in the void, right? Because yeah, I'm feeling energized. I'm up and I'm ready to talk, but I kind of feel like, you know, there are only a few things that I'm actually going to be able to accomplish today. And that's okay, right? That's okay because the moon does this on a regular basis, giving us time maybe to 
do a little bit of resting or to just kind of, if you're hanging out at the water cooler today, that is the perfect thing, right? Talking, um, it is, the moon is still in Gemini right now before moving to Cancer, right? So when the void breaks at 328, that's when the moon will make the change into the sign of Cancer. But for right now, the moon is in Gemini. So if you have to have things to do today, just chat, right? Just chat, just move around, be, you know, maybe taking short trips, go to the park, do something. It is going to be a gorgeous day here. I can tell the sun was rising this morning. I could see Venus so beautifully bright, shining in the east. So she's climbing ever higher away from the shadow or the brightness, I should say, of the sun. So you can see her very clearly. See, I got up at 6 a.m. my time. So that uh, so that's about the time you're going to see her really shining bright, maybe even before that, because she is, like I said, climbing ahead of the sun at this point in time. And she's pretty much at her brightest. I think the day of her brightest is on the 14th of this month. So she's just gorgeous if you look out there. And so what else can we talk about for this morning? I think I see enough people coming in. Judy Wheeler, hello. She says, my moon is in Libra. Libra, so you're waffling about what to do today, right? You're back and forth. Susie says, I feel it. Uh, Pam, good morning to you. Asa, glad to see you out there. And uh, then there was somebody else up here. Amy, Energy Tarot, good morning to you as well. Christine Buckingham, did I say hello to you? Because I don't remember, but yes, hello to you too. So I want to make a couple of announcements this morning. One is that thank you all who participated in the poll, helping me to determine what time would be best to do our astro meetup. And the time is going to be at 12 noon Pacific time, 3 p.m. East Coast time. And that puts it at, let's see, 12, uh, that puts it at 7 p.m. for those of you in the universal time zone. After that, you guys are going to have to figure out what time it is. If you're in between the, <laughs> or if you're earlier, uh, or if you're later in Australia, it's probably going to be too early in the morning for you, probably more like four or five in the morning. So you might want to listen to the broadcast a little bit later. Uh, I think I will record it. And remember, Astro Meetup is your opportunity to come in with chart, either astrology chart or human design chart, and ask me questions. I'll probably have a topic that we'll take up and that will, and I think I, what I want to do on that day is talk about the Pluto, Mars, and Venus conjunction that's happening and where that is in your chart and how that's going to impact you. And so you come with your charts, right? First off, and you come with questions or you can just come to listen. You don't have to participate. You don't have to have your camera on. So don't think you have to go get all dolled up to talk to me. Um, but if you want to, you can have your camera on, right? And I can only allow up to a hundred people. So I don't think we'll get to that given the time of the day it is. So, uh, you know, I will publish today the Zoom link It'll be on both the Living Astrology community page and the Living Astrology um, business page. So there you have it. And I'm, if you have any questions about that, certainly email me. Let me know you have questions. All right. Now, since Asa is with us this morning, I want to make a big announcement. And uh, that is that beginning March 2nd, 
And I don't know for sure that's the day. I know it's either the second or the third. We have a new moon, so we're going to begin it then. We have a new podcast that we are breaking out, and it is called Astrologia Oscura, Obscure Astrology. And Asa and I are going to take up topics that are more hidden in astrology or things that people don't really talk about in astrology or things that are newish that we don't have much uh, experience with yet. And we're going to dig deeper into those subjects. It will be a weekly podcast where Asa and I, our first subject is going to be the 13th sign. And that'll be a three episode uh, podcast because there's so much that we want to talk about with it. And on the third episode, Pia Orlean and Colin Baird Smith will be joining us from their perspective of what it is we stand to gain by utilizing the number 13. In other words, readopting the number 13 into our um, daily lives and maybe even a little bit about the history of why it came to be sort of shunned or um, glossed over. So look for looking forward to that. Um, of course, it's new, so we're going to need all of you to share it with your friends. As soon as we have the, the graphics and the links and all of that, we're going to send that out to all of you here in the morning show. It'll be on those pages. I believe we'll start a page for that broadcast because we want to make it go big. Right. We want to make it go big because these are parts that people need to learn about. For example, Eris. And there's so many synchronicities and funny coinkadinks that are happening around doing this since we decided to do this, which was literally last week. Right, Last week, we decided, wasn't that Asa? Last week, I believe it was on Thursday morning, we decided, oh, we're going to do this. And it all began out of a, a, a thing that I was doing at home. I started listening to podcasts instead of watching TV. And I was like, oh my gosh, I love this. I want to do this. And uh, so anyway, that's where it started. And so topics just keep coming to us. Eris, an article that I must have printed off 2000. I mean, it was written in 2007. So who knows when I'd printed it off. I don't remember printing it off. I have no idea why it was on my desk. But I found this article about Eris and I was like, oh my God, we need to talk about this. So topics keep finding us. So that will be coming up on March 2nd. Not sure what time it is. It will be pre-recorded. I think we'll have more details for you, but I just wanted to announce that because I'm so excited about it. Okay. Um, Yes, we did just do that last week. Nice. Hi, Annie Babcock. Good to see you out there. Awesome. Tanya, good to see you out there. And I'm I'm getting good feedback. It looks like everybody's kind of liking that idea of uh, obscure astrology, but I like it in the more Latin, uh, Hispanic flavored uh, words. And I think we have a tagline that we are working on right now. And it's just going to be fun. I, it's fun. I'm just so excited about that. So we'll keep you posted on that. So those are my two big announcements. So for those of you who've just joined, the Astro Design Meetup will be next Friday, February 18th at 12 noon Pacific, 3 p.m. East Coast time, which I believe is 7 or 8 o'clock at night for those of you in the universal time zone. In fact, it's 8 o'clock at night because you are eight hours ahead of us right now on the, from the West Coast. All right. 
let's dive into what the moon is going to look like this weekend, shall we? The moon is going to be for the entire weekend. Once it, she breaks the void this afternoon, she will be in cancer the whole entire weekend. I love cancer weekends, especially when we have uh, family gatherings uh, planned. And a, I bet a lot of you do too, because it's the Super Bowl weekend. Even if you don't like football, most people love to watch the commercials, right? All the new commercials get revealed and it's kind of fun to pay attention to that. But the moon is going to be in Cancer, and that means it is taking us all into uh, family and home and traditions and the things that make us feel comfort and comforted and comfortable. So this will be a great weekend to hang out with those you love. And it doesn't mean that family is just blood, right? It can be any number of people that you call or claim as family. And really what this weekend takes us into, with the moon at least, our emotional self, our soul self, our inner world, is this idea of foundation. Cancer is a, a sign that is because of home and family, that home and family form the foundation of who we are. It's the idea of belonging. Who do we belong with? And again, that's not always just blood. It can be our friends. It can be the people that we've adopted into our family. And it can be whoever it is that we feel loved and supported by, but that we also love and support. So home has many different kinds of meanings. Family, many different types of meanings. This is also a place where we feel safe, right? So we have safety and security pretty much coming up in this sign as well. It's a little different from the safety security energy of Taurus. This is more about financial security and security of place. Like I have a home, right? I have a place where I belong and financial security. I have, and, and I say financial, but it could be resource abundance, right? Resource security. I have enough food in my cupboards. I have enough tools to do whatever it is that I do on a daily basis. I have enough support from the people in my life. So all of these things have a cancer feel to them. And the moon, of course, bringing up the emotions around those things or the lack of them right? So we can feel almost like there's some hole that we have that we need to fill with something. Um, the feelings of belonging, right? Maybe we don't feel like we belong with our families or we don't feel like we, we, maybe we feel like the black sheep or the outsider. And let's stop there for just one moment, because that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you or something wrong with your family. There's a, a little known aspect of human design Maybe we'll have to take this up, Asa, in uh, one of our chats, in one of our podcasts. And that is the idea of circuitry. And circuitry is, uh, there are three main types of circuitry with like sub-circuits under it. But one type of circuitry is called individual circuitry. And when someone has a chart that is um, very slanted toward the individual circuitry, you feel almost sometimes like you don't belong anywhere. You almost feel like somebody in, you know, just dropped you off here on this planet and you're scrambling around looking for my people because there's the feeling like you're a misfit or uh, that you don't resonate with the people in your world or in your, you know, uh, environment. And all of us probably have gates defined in our chart that are part of that circuitry. But if that circuitry happens to be the most populated circuitry in your chart, then no matter where you are, 
who you're with, what you're doing, you're always going to feel a little bit like a fish out of water or the round peg in the square hole, or is it the square peg in the round hole? Either way, you're going to often feel that. And that's who you're here to be, right? You're here to be the different one. So it's right and perfect, even though it might not feel as good as you want it to feel, but it's right and perfect because when you are placed within a family or a group, you become a change agent, right? That's what you're here to do, to be a change agent, to mutate the group. So that is uh, a, one of the things that we can think about this weekend is if even if I'm with my people, but I feel like I don't fit, maybe it has something to do with who you are fundamentally and not something that's wrong with you or something that's wrong with your peeps. All right. So keep that in mind. Um, this is also mama bear energy. And if you are a mother out there. You know what I'm talking about. You don't, you know what with my kids, right? You, you or now, you know, as a grandmother, you don't mess with my grandkids either because I'm going to kind of come into that protective mode. So cancer energy is very protective, very, uh, very much the energy of taking care of somebody. And because children are more vulnerable, the elderly are more vulnerable, or uh, even when our kids grow up, I still want to protect them. Uh, that's what we do, right? We get that protective energy. So where cancer is in your chart is where you might feel those protective feelings, right? That get triggered for you. Um, emotional closeness, also a part of the moon in the sign of cancer, nurturing, caretaking, empathizing, and intimacy. So intimacy is a part of this experience over the weekend and intimacy, not in a sexual sort of way, but in a more sharing of our emotions and our feelings and our core, right? Where all of who we are feels accepted or loved, tolerated, that kind of thing. Um, the emotions, the moon in cancer is actually the ruler of the sign. So we have an empowered moon this weekend, and that might mean moodiness, whether it's your own or whether you are coming into other people's moods, expect it, right? Expect that people are going to have different moods. There's nothing wrong with them. They're not depressed. They're not angry, except maybe in that moment, that mood, right? Or even you easily being in infected by or affected by somebody else's mood. So recognize if that's happening. If someone is, you know, being a Susie Downer, then maybe you can try to adopt a more cheerful manner and not buy into the downer kind of energy, right? So people's moods and they can be affected easily by what is happening. Remember that, right? That moods are transitory. They are not who you are. I am not my moods right? So when people say things like, I'm depressed, you are not depressed. You feel depressed. You feel excited. You feel joyful. Don't make them who you are because then when that shifts and morphs, then if it's a happy thing, like you're saying, I'm excited, I'm joyful, I'm this, if you really buy into that, but then the mood shifts and you become sad or down or melancholic, then your identity is under attack right? You, you feel almost like your identity gets uh, a hit. So you're not your feelings, but you're feeling your feelings, right? You're feeling the emotions. So you have to be aware of what your own feelings are. How am I feeling in this moment? I know right now I'm feeling personally really excited, really up, but I know that that might not last. I mean, that's okay, 
right? It has to be okay. You also have to be sensitive to others' feelings. When the moon is in cancer, we become more able to be that empath, to understand that or sense that something is going on with someone. And then we also have to be aware of what our needs are with the moon in cancer, meaning take caring, taking care of yourself without expecting that you're going to find that nurturing outside of you, right? You got to find it inside of you. And as far as taking nurturing to a little deeper level, what does that really mean? Well, cancer is the consummate nurturer, the mother, but I don't want you to think that it rules just the feminine mother. It is really about, because in today's day, in today's world, it is sometimes the male that is the mother, not that they've changed gender or anything like that, but they're the, the figure of nurturing, right? That they may be, maybe it's a single family, uh, a single parent home and the single parent is the father. And so the father has to take on the role of being the masculine and the feminine, the mother and the father. So mother and mothering isn't about being a female. It's about who it is that's doing the nurturing. And of course, nurturing our close family relationships and being supported, but also accepting support from others, right? That's a part of cancer sometimes. Remember, cancer is the crab and the crab has that hard shell that belies the softness of the inner being of the crab. So, or the, the, the inside is soft while the outside is hard. So it could represent in cancer where we put a hard shell or a wall around ourselves, and then it makes it harder for us to accept help or to accept nurturing from others. So that might be a topic of interest for some of you in your life where you've cut yourself off maybe from the support of the people around you. So open up your heart, <laughs> open up your, your, yourself to receiving because that's a part of the moon this weekend. Now, negative sides. We always talk about the lower frequency energy just so that you're aware of it, not so that you're going to live in it, just so that you're aware that if you notice things like excessive self-protection, if you're being overly careful about protecting your feelings or your personage um, or your opinions or your ideas, watch out because that is you buying into maybe the lower frequency energy here clinginess, insecurity, possessiveness, all of those things also a part of cancer in the lower frequency, being overly cautious, right? Overly protective. And then there are two core fears we have as human beings that come up in cancer. One is the fear of rejection. If I put my idea out there, if I put my heart out there, it's going to get rejected right? So I hold myself back. Instead of sharing my heart, I hold myself back. So that fear of rejection, it's a core kind of fear that human beings have. And then the other side of that one is the fear of abandonment. That if I really share myself, if I really put myself out there and be friends, then somehow they're going to abandon me or they're going to be moving out of my life. So these are big fears and their core fears. So um, the moon in cancer may be giving us an opportunity to look inside ourselves as to where we might be fearful about just that kind of thing, being rejected or being abandoned.
Now, a correlation in the body, the health, right? If we looked at the astrology of cancer, we see cancer rules the breasts and the chest, the pancreas, the stomach, right? So digestion, think about that, um, that the very breaking down, the beginning of the breaking down, well, actually breaking down of food begins in the mouth. But if we think about the stomach, it's the, it's the placeholder for the food while it's being broken down into smaller parts. So the stomach is a cancer thing. Think about how your emotions affect how you feel when you eat or affects your eating, right? How many of you raise your hand if you are an emotional eater, right? So I'm anxious or I'm, I'm fretting about something. So M&Ms sound like a really good idea. <laughs> Been there, done that. So watching out for those feelings that may trigger those kinds of, of things that can upset your digestion, including ulcers. And also tumors are a part of the moon in cancer. Not quite sure why that correlation yet. I often think of tumor growth as more related to Jupiter because Jupiter in excess, right? Excess growth of cells or something like that. So I'm not sure where the tumor part comes in, but again, it's just a correlation. It's not a one-to-one. -one. It doesn't say that if you're a cancer, you're going to get uh, problems with tumors, right? It, it doesn't say that, but there's a correlation of those kinds of things. So if you're someone say, who is experiencing a problem with your stomach, then maybe we need to look at the cancer part of your chart to see what might be pressuring planets you have there or pressuring the moon or where the moon in transit is, tra is pressuring uh, the sign that it's transiting through and the planets in your own chart. So it just gives us a correlation, a place to start, if you will. All right. So questions about that. Uh, hand raised, Asa. <laughs> Stephanie Compton. Oh my gosh, it's great to see you out there. I don't know. Are you still in, Austral in uh, Australia or have you come back here to the States? Susie Gemini says, I have cancer in the 10th house. Very interesting. I've outgrown the fear at almost 50. Well, there's something natural that happens to us at about age 50 and that's the Chiron return. And the Chiron, you're either in it or just about to be in it. And that's a point in time where we begin to heal the core wounds, right? That we brought with us into this life. Um, does the crab walk for three days? <laughs> yes. <laughs> all of, uh, let's see, this afternoon, all of Saturday, all of Sunday. And let's see what happens on Monday. Monday, the crab gives way at 3.18 a.m. West Coast time. Uh, to the sign of Leo. Ooh, that same day Mercury moves back into Aquarius. More for that. More from that on Monday. Uh, so I hope that answers your question, Judy. Uh, let's see. Uh, moon is in Cancer. Annie says, "I totally get this. Uh, I have a daughter whose Moon is in Cancer in her fourth house of home and family, so she has a double dose, as the Moon actually is the ruler of the natural fourth house of the chart. So because the natural fourth house is cancer. So uh, your your own personal chart may not um, align like that. If you have an Aries rising, your chart aligns like that. Uh, so if you had the moon in the fourth house, and even if you don't, the fourth house is going to be very moon-like for you because that's the, the ruler of it. 
uh, Christine Buckingham natal series in cancer. My dad was the nurturer and Capricorn son. My mom was not the nurturer and a cancer son. My sweet kind daughter is a cancer son and a nurturer. Interesting, right? Interesting how that can play out. And in fact, uh, Christine, there is some debate out there in the world, in the astrology world, about uh, whether it is the fourth house that rules mother or whether it is the 10th house that rules mother. So we usually say the mother's, the, I do anyway, the fourth house is mother, the 10th house is father, uh, because the 10th house is an authority house, right? And uh, we usually think of the masculine as the authority in our, in our society, in our culture, we thought of the masculine as the authority figure, right? So that puts the mother in the house of home and tradition and family. So in some astrology circles, though, it's flipped. And I kind of think it's a little interesting to do it that way, because in human design, even we look to the um, authority of the feminine or the mother energies to lay down the laws and the rules and the values of the tribe or the family or the community, as well as taking on the responsibility of making sure that all of the youngers are taught, are fed, are clothed, and there's a certain amount of an authority in that that divine feminine side of the uh, uh, human design to direct the masculine to go out and protect. And I'm going to say rather than direct to empower the masculine to go out and protect the values and the rules and the laws of the tribe and to make sure that the children are fed and that the elders are taken care of. So I can see both. I can see both, but typically I read the chart as the fourth house is the mothering figure, the 10th house is the fathering figure. So you guys can look at that however you want to. Uh, okay, so thank you, JLo. Good morning to you. She says, please be sure to hit the like button. Please do that for me. Hit the like button if you are on Facebook Live. If you are sitting in YouTube, please hit the like button or the thumbs up and subscribe if you haven't yet done that. Thank you very much, J-Lo, for bringing that up. Please share also, right? Spread the news. Good idea, J-Lo. Thank you. Natasha, thank you for the reminder of some of my core shadows. Double cancer. I know. And, uh, you know, cancer, you know, we love our cancer people. We love our cancer in our charts even because it is where we do the most nurturing. If this chart today uh, of the day, the chart of the day, uh, was a person, cancer is on the sixth house. So if cancer is on the sixth house, if we looked at that, where's the nurturing energy, it's going to be uh, focused toward work and the colleagues, the people that you work with, um, the, the work that you do, how you serve is going to be a, a, a nurturing process. And also, you know, that puts health of the body or healing energies at your fingertips as well. So if this were a person and cancer was there, this person might be an adept healer. They might find themselves uh, always being the mother or the caretaker or uh, in the workplace, right? The one that everybody goes to with their problems and um, the one who also is, you know, bringing food or cupcakes to work, the cookie, the cookie mom <laughs> or the, co the cookie employee. That's kind of funny because sometimes um, uh, my husband likes to feed the neighbors 
cookies and brownies. And usually it's me behind him, the one that has the cancer rising, pushing him to do that so that they're not in my house where I might eat them. <laughs> it's kind of funny. Um, all right. Uh, interesting. JLo says my daughter's stomach is bothering her today. So maybe take a look at her her uh, sign, her, I mean, her chart and see where cancer is. And maybe she's experiencing issues around that area of her life. It's often emotional connection. So looking to the emotion of what's going on in that house and uh, seeing if you can, you know, make that correlation. Stephanie's in America. Yay. It's great to have you here. Uh, Natasha, thank you for saying that. Tumors are a deeper unlocked emotion. Maybe the covering up each layer of cells that build the tumor, maybe covering up the core of where the problem is. I get that. Thank you very much. That's great to see. Um, not great if you have tumors, but it uh, gives us a way to then if you're experiencing tumor growth to look at, well, what is it hiding, right? What's it covering up? What are you protecting yourself from? Uh, Susie sending healing to you or to your daughter, JLo. That's awesome. And let's see what else is going on here. JLo has her Saturn in cancer in the second. So protection and emotion around finances and value and laying down values. Annie moon in the 12th. I'm a Leo rising. So moon in the 12th, that gives you a lot of psychic energy, even intuitively gut instincts about uh, danger or about what's going on for other people or about what other people need to hear, that kind of thing. What do you do out in the world, Annie? That would be interesting to know. Uh, okay. Irene Alberg from Sweden. Good to see you. Natal sun and cancer in my 10th house. Indeed, I am a nurturer. And if I don't set boundaries, I could easily be eaten. <laughs> Good thing to know, right? To take care of yourself and, and put those boundaries there. And Tanya says cancer's in my second house and desert it. Well, if cancer's in your second house and there's no planets in the second house, which is what I think you mean by deserted, then you've got to look to where the moon is, right? The moon is somewhere and the moon is the ruler of your second house. So moon in uh, another sign, moon in... Um, maybe a conjunction with another planet or, you know, squaring or challenging, uh, opposing. You've got to look at all of that. You've got to get to the deeper part of it because where it's affecting is your ability to feel worthy, to have values that you can live by, but also to attract resources to you. So earning power and the such. So moon in Aquarius in the ninth house. So the ninth house is the house of expansion and growth. And Aquarius is sometimes aloof, right? So maybe you haven't really gotten clear yet on what you value, what your value is, and how you want to show up in the world with that value. So moon here, giving you the opportunity to innovate, reimagine, uh, re rebuild who you are, right? Uh, maybe always going through a process of doing that in your life, right? Changing who you are. And I would also take a look at how emotions or lack of emotions have played a role in your being able to find your value. Because I would say the moon in Aquarius of all the placements of a moon can be more detached emotionally, can not engage emotionally. And then that means that you might be squelching or holding back emotional energy 
And doing that can sometimes create problems in the body as well, because you're not allowing yourself to feel or not allowing yourself to express emotion. So take a look at that just in your own life. Uh, Stephanie, cancer rules my sixth house. How funny. Um, Aquarius rising, but natal moon in the third. The, the third house is about the mind and about how we communicate and how we work with people in our community level or our siblings or our um, kind of neighbors, right? Or maybe school chums, things like that. People like the one level out from your parents or your own children. And so maybe with the moon there, you feel very much uh, like you want to care for people in your community. You're a community-oriented person. Uh, awesome. Tanya says, yes, lack of feeling emotions is something I've been working on, right? So work on that within yourself. Um, sometimes we hold back emotion because we're afraid of the power of what we're feeling, right? We're afraid that if we unlock that emotion, we're just going to gush everywhere and it, we're going to have to be like a, a, a dam that's broken. And maybe it had just this one little leak and then suddenly, boom, right? A heavy rainstorm comes along, pressures the dam and it breaks. So take a look at that. And what, what was the, what was the reason you learned to hold back emotion? Like go back to your family of origin, your parents, were they, uh, people that uh, where if you were emotional or you reacted emotionally to something where they shut you down or where it just wasn't approved of to be that way, right? So then you learned a coping mechanism to not allow your emotions to be felt. If I don't feel my emotions, then I can't get in trouble for expressing them. So taking a look at that. And I will bet you that all of us in some ways have done that in our lives and looking to the moon to where cancer is in the chart can help you figure that out in your own life. Um, Annie, uh, I work at a gas station right now and currently looking for my life purpose. I know what I want, but the dream is to help kids and elderly, possibly with meditation and just to play and love life. That sounds like gate 48 in human design. I also would love to create a community of like-minded people and just love and live with the land. Well, do it, do it start a Facebook group, start a clubhouse, start a whatever that you, you know, start a group, a meetup <laughs> where people of like mind can meet and work on what does that look like in the world? Um, Stephanie says, oh, how funny. That's exactly what's happening. Great, great, great. Um, Susie, Annie, I once worked at a gas station. Great experience. Never sell yourself short. My own husband worked at a gas station as well. Uh, don't forget to celebrate Fry Yay by hitting that like button. Thanks, Debbie Tibbetts Two Meal. And Annie says, Aw, thanks, Susie. I love it. I love that we have that community feel in the group and that we all can share um, all of the things that are going on. Okay, I'm going to take a pause here um, as I decide where do we go next? Hmm. I think that the next thing that occurs is going to be Mercury conjunct Pluto. That actually happens tomorrow. Or is that happening today? Uh, Friday, today, I apologize. Today is Mercury conjunct Pluto. Now we've already had this once, right? We already had this once when Mercury was first moving over this before retrograde and then retrograde over this 
place and then forward now, moving back to the conjunction with um, Pluto. And this, if you want to know the degree that this is happening, uh, Pluto today is sitting at 27 degrees, 17 minutes of the sign. And actually right now they're in that conjunction, Pluto and Mercury, both at 2717. So we're already there, right? We're already having the conjunction. Now, anytime a planet conjuncts another planet, we have the coming together of the energies of the potential for both of the planets. Mercury's potential for um, expression, for uh, being delivered a message or delivering a message, for being able to speak to something, and Pluto's transformational ability and its ability to empower or disempower. So what do we put these two together? What are we looking at? We're looking at how it is that we speak, what we are saying, where our minds are focused, and in the conjunction, can we make a change? Can we start a new process here? Now, we've been in this process, right? We Because I said, it went over once, went retrograde, and then now we're back over the same place again. So wherever 27 degrees of um, Capricorn is in your chart is where this communication piece is coming up, where this empowerment need is coming up, where the potential for you to change your mind, change the way you speak is coming up. So if this chart were a person, this would be in the 12th house. An interesting place because not only is uh, Mercury and Pluto there in a conjunction, we also have Venus and Mars darn near in a conjunction right there, right there at 13 and 14 degrees. And so we're looking at creative energy with Mars and Venus, and we're looking at empowerment energy with uh, Pluto and Mercury. So you put it all together and what are we doing? We're empowering our creativeness. We're empowering ourselves to think differently, to speak differently about what it is that we're doing or what we desire or how we see ourselves so that we can open up the doors to more and more creative energy. So it's a pretty powerful place. In the 12th house of a chart, if this is you and it's happening in your 12th house, you're being empowered to look at what's underneath, right? What's been secreted away, what's been locked up and hidden in the deepest recesses of your soul or your heart that you've been afraid to release. Um, what fears are there? Blocks are there? Where are you sabotaging yourself? Like maybe you are very clear about what you want, but every time you see that a challenge pops up, you end up saying, I'm never going to get what I want. I'm so upset because this keeps happening. And then it takes you out of alignment with that and disempowers rather than empowers you to create. So it's a big day this way. And yet it isn't new because we've already been dealing with this energy for uh, the last couple of months as Mercury was making this transit back and forth. So wherever it is in your chart, look and see what can you empower yourself to say differently, to think differently about, and then to take action in that area of your chart. So big deal, right? It's a big deal. But it's also, um, it's also in a sign that opposes where the moon is. So there can be some emotional opposition to this. And, you know, that, that's because Capricorn and Cancer are on an axis, right? They, they form an axis in the chart because they're exactly opposing one another. 
And that is the access that where we have to balance our outer world expression of who we are with our home or inner world expression of who we are. So wherever that axis is in the chart is also what you've got to look at. So if this is the 12th house for Capricorn, that means the sixth house is going to be where cancer is. We already had that conversation, right? And uh, so eventually then we're going to have to look at what, how we balance the inner and the outer parts of who we are, in this case, in the workplace, in the expression of our bodies, and in the psychology, the unconscious mind. What's the unconscious message that I'm always getting? And is it running the show? And likely it is until you become more, until you bring it into the light of day, right? Bringing it into the light of consciousness. All right. So there's that. And of course, right now, this moment, when the conjunction is happening, the moon is not yet in cancer. We're dealing with the last few degrees of Gemini and the last degrees of Gemini have a very, um, shall we say, Aquarius feel right? A very Aquarius feel to it. And so maybe it's a time for us to get outside of our own selves, to step back so that we can really see the effect or the impact of what's going on and how we're in our minds and how we're empowering ourselves. To me, Mercury is the ruler of Gemini, the natural ruler. So it empowers Mercury, right? So the, the moon right now in Gemini is empowering Mercury. In fact, right now the moon is at well, probably 26, almost 27 degrees of Gemini. And that puts it in an, um, an uh, in conjunct with Capricorn. So it may be hard to pin down exactly what it is that you have to change within you in terms of your mind or your um, speech, how you talk to yourself or how you speak to others, how you align those things. So you might have to take the time right? The actual time to look at this, to consider how what you say is either empowering you or disempowering you and what you're thinking, is it empowering you or not? And taking the opportunity that Pluto presents for you to transform it all. Transformation. So it's a great day for that. And uh, okay. So uh, Susie, my moon is in Capricorn. I feel liberated emotionally lately. Awesome. Right? Maybe because the mind has gotten out of the way, it's possible, right? The moon has been in Gemini for the last couple of days this week. So if it's something that's just been happening these last few days, it's a possibility that you are coming to some conclusions about uh, what your emotions are telling you. Remember in human design, we talk about this all the time, that the emotional center is really kind of calibrating you to your heart. So if you're having an emotional breakdown moment, right? I'm crying or I'm upset or I'm angry or frustrated, then somehow I've come out of alignment with my heart center. And we're going to talk about this more in just a few minutes when we transit over transition over to what's happening in the human design as we go into the weekend. Because really we're being tasked with, the, the whole of the year is really tasking us with alignment with our hearts and our desires and acting from the place of the heart not necessarily from the mind, which is going to tell you all kinds of stuff, and also not necessarily acting from the emotional center in a reactive way. Instead, looking at the feelings that you have and how is that supporting your alignment with your heart or how is it telling you you've lost connection with your heart? God, I hope that makes sense to people because 
it's not that, you know, some emotions are more appealing than others. It's really not about that. It's really about whatever it is you're feeling and what, what that is telling you about how you are aimed true at what it is that you're meant to do in this lifetime or how you strayed from that true alignment. So hopefully that's helpful. Um, okay. Thanks, Tom. Um, the last 10 minutes of the show has been the story of my life. I am done with my migraines. Yay. They come at the right, wrong times. Migraines are, uh, Aries, right? Aries energies. And, um, I, I can't remember. So you, you've got a cancer rising, I believe, right? I'm not sure. Anyway. So look at Aries as well in your chart, Natasha, to see what is there. And uh, Mars is playing a big role now as he's aligning with Venus in Capricorn. So goals and dreams that are near and dear to your heart and wherever Aries is, that's the new beginning. Are you willing, able, and ready to take new steps in the right direction? Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Tom, <laughs> crack me up. Uh, thank you. He says, don't forget to subscribe and click the thumbs up. Thank you very much, Tom. Now, quickly before I lose time here. Let's talk about the human design changes that are coming up. I'm going to share my screen here. So one moment so I can show you the astro design. Okay. Got to think, is this a window or a Chrome tab? This is a, oh, what the heck? Uh, okay. Let me go to the picture first. Okay. There we go. Now I've got the picture up. Okay, I'm going to go screen. Nope, window. Nope. Let me cancel. Now let me go back to share what I want to share. Why are you not letting me share what I want to share? I don't like that. It is a Chrome tab. How funny. All right, well, maybe I'm not going to share that. Hmm. Hmm. Let's do it this way. And then I'll go back. Don't waste my time, universe. There. Now it's there. So bizarre. All right. Now, what you're looking at is the astro design for the weekend and for today. So I combined this. Right now, the sun is at the gate of revolution, the gate 49. I want you to notice there are two, like the energies right now are transiting through the energies of the sun are transiting through the emotional center of the human design. So we have the sun today at the 49, which is called the gate of revolution. And then we also have the earth at the gate four, which is the gate of mental solutions. So the earth is always presenting a sort of challenge for us, a challenge that we have, if we really want to move to the energy of revolution and make key changes in our lives, then what we have to do, according to the earth, is deal with the mental solutions, right? The mental stuff that we're doing are the solutions that we're focused on overly in the mind and not necessarily supportive of the emotion of revolution, of freeing ourselves, of liberating ourselves in some way or shape or form. So here with the gate four, um, the earth is saying, look, get out of your head, right? Get out of your head. Start looking at things differently. Look at it upside down even. The gate of revolution is an Aquarian gate. And that means this gate four is a Leo gate, right? Leo. So when we look at this, you can see here's the gate 49. It is 
aligned with Aquarius. The gate four is down here and aligned with the sign of Leo. Now, Leo is, it's not that Leo gets stuck because that's not, he is a fixed sign, however, but he really is looking and after self-expression. But if your mind is telling you what you can't do instead of what you can do, that creates a, a, an emotional or a uh, an out of alignment signal coming from the emotional center. So the energy of revolution then is what's the signal you're receiving? It is, okay, time to change, time to throw out the old parts of myself that are no longer who I want to be or are not working for me, which then allows room for the correct expression of who I am to be a part of my experience. I hope that makes sense. Now let's look at what happens on Sunday when the uh, human design week changes. We move again into the sun at a gate called passion, the gate 30 also on the emotional solar plexus. Now, this is called a red flag gate in human design because it amps up the pressure of the entire chart when it's defined. Some people have it defined by birth, meaning it's going to be colored in, and it might look like this where it's hanging, or it might connect over here to the gate 41. In my own chart, it connects up the whole entire channel. Uh, but for everybody, for from the 13th of uh, February till the 18th through the 18th of February, this is going to be defined in your chart. So what does it mean? It means we are all on the hunt for how we are lining ourselves up for our passion, right? For expressing the passion, right? But the problem, the reason this is a red flag gate is number one, it's on the emotional center and it tends to be reactive, reactive in that, I have this passion and I'm just going to go bull my way into getting what I want. And I might forget to pay attention to what the universe is bringing to me. Right. Or on the other hand, I can be so attached to how I think that the universe is going to bring me what it is I desire that I'm blind, like tunnel vision blind to all the other possibilities of how that could happen. So the gate 30 then is teaching us about having passion having a heart centered, something you love that you want to aim for, but holding it lightly, like being able to say to the universe, I want this or something better. I want this and I'm allowing or surrendering to however it is the universe is going to bring that to me and not saying I want it this way, this date by this time. And if it doesn't happen, then uh, you know what, there is no God or there is no universe or whatever, right? I, that's kind of an extreme, but that's what happens in this particular gate. It can sometimes have extreme expressions of desires, things that it wants so badly that it's holding on so tightly that the universe can't break through. Or maybe it's that you just get blinded to the other opportunities that the universe is bringing because you expect it to come in one specific way. Now, the earth is going to be at the gate 29, and the 29 is an interesting gate. It's called the gate of commitment. And the challenge then, because the earth always lays down the challenge for the sun, how do we move toward our passions? Well, we do that through commitment. The problem here that the moon will suggest is that you say yes to everything. And then what happens is it doesn't, if you're saying yes to everything, it doesn't leave room for the right thing when it comes along for you to have said yes to. Now, this is on the, the uh, sacral. And the sacral is a center that whose energy is about responding 
to the right things. So now everybody has a hanging 29, or if you had a hanging 46, you now have, you will have anyway, the earth completing that channel for you. And it will be about discovering what your true commitment is to, right? So if you've used all your energy to commit your time and your resources to the wrong things, then likely you're only half-heartedly engaged. There's no real commitment. So it would be time then to um, take a look at all of those commitments you might have. Is it time to let go of some of those, back out of some of those, even if it costs you something, right? You know, maybe you lose space if you've if you've committed to be a participant in a group and now you realize, oh shoot, that isn't you know where I, I needed to be. It's always better, more honest to say, you know what, I so apologize, I committed to this, but my heart's really not in it and I need to go to where my heart is. So having the courage to live from the heart here and the gate 29 is also a Leo gate. What does Leo do best? It lives from its own self-expression, from its own individual identity, who it wants to be, and it aligns with its heart and its passion, okay? And then just because uh, Mars and Venus are getting ever closer to their uh, exact conjunction, um, I wanted to show you again that they are sitting on the root center. And the creative urges that Mars and Venus bring to us are sitting at a gate called drive or ambition. It is um, the starting gate, if you will, for almost every journey as a human that we take in this lifetime. So our spiritual journey, our journey to, to make connection with people, our journey to discover our life purpose, our journey to discover our soul, all, all these things, right? come from the gate 54, the drive. So when we are putting the creative energy at drive and ambition, it's about marshalling our energies and then pointing them in the right direction. And then using the energy of the sun and earth, passion and commitment to get us where we want to go. But it means we have to be, we have to tell the truth. <laughs> we have to know our truth. And when we know our truth, then we are able to align in a much more powerful way. If we're not telling the truth, then we get only half-heartedly engaged. We don't feel good. The people that are around us don't feel good about our energy involved. Even if they're not saying that, they can sense. Have you ever been a part of a group and you just sensed certain members were all in and certain members were just like hanging back going, yeah, yeah, right. I'll just hang here. <laughs> that is what we're talking about, right? All in or not but don't go all in by saying yes to everything. You only say yes to the things that are correct for you. And that comes from where you are passionate about something. And then of course you follow your type and your strategy in your human design to get you there. All right. How's everybody doing out there? Good stuff. All right. Before I go, I want to be able to uh, do a quick card reading for the weekend. Hmm. What do I want? <sighs> All right. We need an animal because I just love the animals. But I also think this morning we need, there you are, way down at the bottom. Oh, no. We need a dragon. We need a dragon. Dragons represent passion, right? Our passion. So let's find an animal first. 
And while I'm shuffling the cards, let me just remind you, February 18th, next Friday, 12 noon p.m. Pacific time for your Astro Design um, Meetup. It is free, no charge. All you have to do is bring your chart uh, and a question. Or if you don't want to ask a question, you can certainly sit there and just learn, right? Just listen and learn. Ooh, we are koala spirit today. Spirit has a plan. Card number 35. Isn't she beautiful? 35 is an eight. So we have the energy of power and abundance and connection with koala spirit. Spirit has a plan. Oops. Well, let's read this one. She's so cute. 35. And it's and it was right side up. So it says in nature, the koala moves slowly through the branches of the eucalyptus tree, leisurely chewing the leaves, reminding us that life is not a race or competition. Chasing around after every distraction can keep us from recognizing that we have all we need and that spirit will always be there with gifts to sustain us. You are being asked to trust that by moving slowly with faith in the abundance that is everywhere, surrendering to a power greater than yourself, you will be able to experience the manifestation of your desire. By the way, in traditional human design, the gate uh, 30 is the gate of desire. So we have desire and passion, two of the same things. As you take your time enjoying the riches available to you right now, sitting peacefully, you begin to radiate the joy and abundance you seek. Spirit is here to help you discover happiness, pleasure, and contentment, all gifts that are yours now and in the future. Have faith and trust in the Spirit's plan for you and know that you are loved and cherished. Lovely card, perfect for the day, koala for the weekend, koala spirit. Um, oh yeah, I was going to say something about the Super Bowl. And again, like I really care, I really don't. Whoever wins, I hope it's just a good game, a good clean game, right? Um, but I want you to realize that the Rams are playing in their home arena and that cancer, the moon is at home, right? Is all about home and tradition and roots and the, and family. So that I think gives maybe the Rams an edge because they're at home. Um, but they're also in their, you know, they're in their territory. And even though the Bengals have luck, the tiger bringing luck. I don't know. Could it be that they have luck in this or what? But I don't know. Golden Orange Dragon expands your light for ascension. Be a peaceful warrior. Help those in need. Remember your magnificence. That's a pretty dragon. All right. Let's see if I can find this one. Golden Orange Dragon. And the Golden Orange Dragon is a fifth dimensional dragon. Let's read this one, shall we? All right, so about this one, fifth dimensional golden orange dragons are part of Archangel Metatron's ascension team. Archangel Metatron is leading forward individuals who are ready to follow his path. At the same time, he is overseeing the ascension of the entire universe. The golden orange dragons who work for him are carrying the fifth dimensional ascension blueprint for Earth, and they come to those of us who are ready to make a difference. As soon as they see golden orange energy awaken in our aura, they breathe into us to expand it and accelerate our ascension journey. These magnificent dragons demonstrate dignity, peace, and power with wisdom. They are peaceful, spiritual warriors, always ready to help and encourage those in need. Here's our guidance. This card connects you with the illuminated Archangel Metatron, 
as well as his powerful ascended dragons. You are on your ascension path and golden orange dragons are pouring high frequency light into your aura to attract the attention of the masters, angels, and unicorns who are guiding you. Drawing this card suggests it is time for a push forward on your ascension path. Do you need to meditate more or examine and release old stuff or embrace who you truly are and recognize your magnificence? Tell these dragons what you need in order to take the next step on your journey into the higher frequencies and they will help you. Call on them for support and they will provide it. They are wonderful companions and friends. So we have the golden orange dragon. Orange, by the way, is the color of the uh, the creative chakra. So that reminds me of Mars Venus coming together. Orange for creation. All right. That's it for me today. Thanks so much for joining me. Don't forget, a Monday morning, we'll take a look ahead at the Astro Design for the week. And next week, I'm not sure what next week brings. I know Mercury's moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius, furthering his journey around the sun. And uh, most of you will be um, hopefully watching the Super Bowl on Sunday. Watch for the commercials. I always think about the commercials on the Super Bowl telling us kind of where society is moving. What the, What's the undercurrent that you see? Let's look at those. I already have an idea of where I think they're going. So uh, I'm anxious to see how the commercials line up with that. In the meantime, take care. Much love to all of you. See you on Monday. Bye.